You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. I want to speak to you for just a few moments today on the subject, the journey to abundance. You know, Jesus began to groom and mold a group of disciples. He took ordinary people and would transform them into supernatural world changers. Supernatural is very simple. It's when God's super gets on your natural. It's when God's super invades your natural world. It invades your natural setting. It takes your ordinary. It's where a rock becomes a heat-seeking missile and lands in the head of a giant. It's where God uses foolish things to confound the wise. It's where a sack lunch feeds a multitude and ordinary people see miracles. And in John chapter 10, Jesus is preparing a group of ordinary men to walk in a supernatural anointing. And he said this to them. He said, the thief only comes in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you may have and enjoy life. I love this. And have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. To the full till it overflows. Look at your neighbor and say, God has called you to live a life of abundance. It was his declaration to his disciples. He said, there is a real adversary that is out there. An adversary that is pushing back against God's purpose in your life. Trying to destroy the assignment in your life and kill the plan for your life. But he said, I've got good news. I've come that you may walk and have abundant life. And not only an abundance, but abundance till it overflows. You know, Jesus began to talk to these disciples about the purpose for which they were created. Found ordinary people, fishermen, businessmen. Found them from different walks of life. They were not all the same because God has not called us to uniformity. He's called us to unity. That's the thing about the kingdom. God is looking for stones, not brick churches. You know, brick churches all look the same, but stone churches, lively stones are put together. They look different. They have different shapes, different sizes, but when they come together, they become a mighty force in God. And he began to take these different men and begin to mold them together. And he began to declare along the way who they were, what they would be. He would tell them to go. He would tell them to wait. He would tell them to rise up. He would tell them to sit down. At times they would walk on water, but then other moments they would fall into feet. And he would teach them that they were moving from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from season to season. Now, I love the moments and the seasons of God's glory when you know you're right in the middle of what God is doing, when you feel like there is a bullseye on you and you are targeted with the blessing of God, when you feel like everything that could go right is going right and you are abounding in blessing. But there are those seasons where you're having to fight the good fight of faith where you have to get up in the morning and find a song when there seems to be no song to sing, when you have to push and persevere in spite of the attack of the adversary. Anybody ever been in one of those seasons? I'm not talking when the sunshine is there. I'm talking where you have to look into the future and declare by faith and prophesy over your future and rise up in spite of what you see. You still declare, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the first and not the last. I'm blessed going in and blessed coming out. 
There are those moments. And what you have to watch is this, that you do not miss the transition of the season where you move from glory to glory. Because it's not usually in the season of God's glory where the enemy comes after you. It's in that two little letters of transition, the T and the O. It's that place where you're not where you used to be, but you're not yet where you're going. You're not in the familiar yesterday, but you're not yet in your prophetic tomorrow. You're in that hallway of your faith. It's where you're moving from glory to glory. But it's usually in the hallway where God gives you a moment. And sometimes you can be so caught up in looking for a season, you miss the moment. But if you ever grab hold of the moment, it will thrust you into a season. It will unlock perpetual seasons. It's those nuggets of faith that you bury deep in your spirit. And at the right time, the Bible said by a brook, David picked up five stones, put them in the bag, walked out on the battlefield, looked at a giant and said, today will be your last day. I come to you in the name of the Lord. And the Bible said this, he reached in the bag. Somebody say it's in the bag. If you ever get a kingdom moment, you know it's in the bag. You know there's victory in the bag. You know there's defeat in the bag. You know there's abundance in the bag. You know that what God has for you has already been declared. So we rise up declaring thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when you understand you're on this journey of faith, the Bible said your steps are ordered. Everybody loves the promise, but no one wants the process. But it's the process of your journey that validates the gift of your life. So when you get into your season, you know what it took to get to your season. When you get to the promise, you understand that the wilderness had purpose, that the trials had purpose, that the battle had purpose, that the song at the midnight had purpose. And we're going to look at the life of Elisha today, Elijah today, and tonight we'll look at the life of Elisha. We find that uh, God was molding a prophet. And I just declare that over someone today. God is molding a prophet. God is molding someone to be a mouthpiece in this nation, in this time, for this moment. And God is molding a prophet. And the Bible said he takes him on this journey of faith that would lead to abundance. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 36, he is at a moment where God is getting ready to shift the heavens and release fire in the earth. It says this in verse 36. And it came to pass. Are you glad that some things do not come to stay? Some seasons are not permanent, but they have purpose. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. I love that. I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord God, that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust. And it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. The setting is this. The people of God have been in a famine for three and a half years. The reason they are in a famine and a drought because there has been no rain in the earth. 
There is no rain that would produce a harvest. When fire is released, it purifies. When rain comes, a harvest is produced. We need the fire of God, but we also need the rain of the kingdom. And the Bible says that this young man named Elijah is taken on a journey of faith in a season of drought. I'm telling you, some of the greatest times you will grow and learn is not in seasons of abundance and overflow. It's where you have to trust God when you cannot trace God. It's when you have to stand up and believe God at his word when you cannot see his word at work. When you do not see the promise, but you know that it is a yes and an amen that has already stamped your spirit. You know that it has marked you and it guides you and it leads you. And God takes this young man named Elijah, and in a season of famine, he takes him by a brook. And the Bible said he takes him by this brook in a place called Cherith. It's a cutting place, a covenant place. And the Bible says twice a day, God sends ravens, birds, to bring him his supply. Now, I'm telling you, if birds were showing up with lunch today, we would have revival. I mean, I get excited when Uber Eats shows up at the house and I've ordered it, but birds are bringing him what he needs to survive. While others are going hungry, supernaturally, God brings it to him. This is a season of never enough because everything he has, he depends on from somewhere else. Have you ever been in a season of never enough? It felt like there was never enough, never enough to get by, never enough to get through. But in that season, God would grow Elijah and learn and teach him to trust. And eventually that season came to an end. And the Bible said the brook dried up and the raven ceased. And God spoke and said, it's time to move to the next level. And he rose in that season and declared this, at thy word will I go. Sometimes you just have to move with the word of God. At thy word will I go. And he took him to a place called Zarephath. Now, Zarephath was a place where precious metals were melted down and they were refined. It was the refiner's fire. And I'm telling you, each of us, if we walk through the process, we walk through the refiner's fire. You know about the refining of gold in this country. You know, pure gold has the other impurities, even though they are precious metals burned out of them. And there are seasons where God says, oh, there's some good things in you, but they're not God things. And if I can extract the good things, I'll bring forth the God things in you, the God word for your life, the things that I have called you to. And he took him to a place called Zarephath, and there in the refining place, the refining fire, a widow would sustain him. Now, it did not make sense because widows in that day represented the class that were lacking. And she had a son, and in this famine, he gets to the widow's house, and he said, God has called you to sustain me. And she said, well, if you be a prophet and a man of God, you would know that we have nothing. Now, he leaves a brook where God is sustaining him with the ravens, bringing him to Zarephath. But here's what happens. It's not the place of never enough. It's the place of just enough. Because every time they go back to the mill barrel, there's just enough. Every time they go through, it's a scraping season. Anybody ever been in a scraping season where you just had to trust God one day at a time? You had to get up today and say, Father, I trust today is the day that the Lord had made. I don't know what it holds, but I know you've got today. Every time they went back to the mill barrel, there was just enough. But it was in the season of just enough that God would begin to work his supernatural. Because as Elijah began to survey the situation and he looked 
looked around in a moment, he found that the widow's son died and he would carry him to an upper chamber and he would cry out to God. And in this season of just enough, God would begin to perform the supernatural and build his faith. There are some of you right now, you're in a season of just enough. You're just getting by, but I prophesy it's in that season. God will work his supernatural in your life. God will begin to build his faith. Come on, put your hands together and give him praise today. A season of just enough, but now God is moving in the supernatural. He said, Elijah, it's time to advance. Now I'm telling you, if dead things were beginning to live, I would want to stay in that season. Revival is breaking out, but God said, there's another level. He said, I want you to go to Carmel because it will be a season of more than enough. It will be a season where I take you into an abundance. And the Bible said he gets to Carmel. And the minute he arrives at his season of just more than enough, the Bible said there are 450 naysayers, 450 prophets of Baal that were on the mountain. Now, now listen, when you begin to roll in your season of more than enough, make no mistake, there will be an adversary out there trying to rob you because he knows if you ever walk in the fullness of where you're going. That's why Jesus told Peter, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. He told him in the hallway, in the T and the O, where he was transitioning. He said, we're not walking on water and we're not yet in Acts chapter two, but in the hallway of your faith, the enemy of your soul is coming after you. But I've got good news. I'm praying for you in the hallway. I'm praying that your faith fail you not. When you fall, get back up. When you make a mistake, keep moving. When you fall, rise up. Matter of fact, the Bible said a righteous man may fall seven times, but he shall arise again. Anybody ever had to get back up? Anybody ever had to press and keep going? He gets there. There's 450 naysayers. And the Bible said when they arrived, They told Elijah, we were here before you. The Bible said something happens. Faith rises up in Elijah. And he said, I'll tell you what. I believe the true and living God sent me to this mountain. The God that sustained me by the ravens. The God that got me through the place of just enough. The God that performed the supernatural. Matter of fact, if you believe your God gave you this mountain, let's do this. Let's have a contest and prove who serves the true and living God. He said, matter of fact, you go first. You build an altar to your God. And if he reigns by fire, you can have the mountain. But if my God shows up, I'll take the mountain. The Bible said he looked at them and he said, you go first. They built an altar. And the Bible said this, they sang all night. They prophesied all night and they danced all night, but there was no fire. I've met Christians like that. They look like Christians. They look real holy, but there's no fruit in their life. But now something happens. Elijah, after they are done, steps up. And the Bible said, first, he does something. He rebuilds the altar of the Lord. I'm telling you, one of the things I believe God is calling the church to do out of COVID is rebuild the altar, open up the altars, perform the, the, declare the supernatural works of God. He begins to rebuild the altar. He does something. He takes 12 stones and he puts them around the altar. They represented the authority of the kingdom and the 12 tribes of Israel, divine order. And then he does something. He puts wood in order because God always works through order. If you're ever out of alignment, you will miss your assignment. 
Because alignment always precedes assignment. Puts the wood in order. And then he does something. He sacrifices an oxen and he lays it on the altar because it was required. But then he takes it to a whole nother level. It has not rained in three and a half years. The most precious thing they had was water. The most precious thing they possessed was water. It was like liquid gold. He said, bring me 12 barrels of water. We're going to take our faith to another level. Matter of fact, if God does not show up, they will run me off this mountain because we're getting ready to dump the most precious thing we have on the altar. The Bible said they begin to dump. I hear the rain right now. They begin to dump the water on the sacrifice. The Bible said it filled the trench. And after it filled the trench, Elijah stepped up and he declared this. I'm looking for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Notice he did not say Jacob. He said, I'm looking for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. I'm looking for the God that shows up in your old age and still gives promise. I'm looking for the God that leaves and produces a generation. I'm looking for the God that will wrestle with you until he changes your identity. I'm looking for the God that has shown up before to show up today. I'm looking for the God that sent the rage at the brook. I'm looking for the God that replenished the mill barrel day after day. I'm looking for the God that raised the dead boy. I'm looking for the God of my yesterday to show up in my today. And the Bible said the heavens begin to shift and the fire begin to fall. And the Bible said it was so hot. It consumed the sacrifice. It even marked the ground. It caused the prophets of Baal to begin to run and God performed. He took him to a place of more than enough, but it did not stop there. It was not long that Elijah was sitting around and something began to happen. The Bible said he began to declare, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. It's not rained in three and a half years. Nobody else was hearing anything. I'll tell you what God taught Elijah along the way. He began to teach him some kingdom principles. First, he taught him this, submit to God's authority. I grew up in a pastor's home. I'm fourth generation um, preacher. I was raised in a preacher's home. Matter of fact, I was taken from the hospital right to church. I mean, I've been here ever since. And I've not always been churchy. There were days my parents had to pray me back. But he taught him to submit to God's authority. I, when I was growing up, I used to hear this scripture, resist the enemy and he will flee. That's a powerful declaration. That's a powerful scripture. But you know, the first part of that scripture says this, submit therefore to God, then resist the enemy. We have a lot of people that are resisting, but not submitting. He began to teach him to submit to God's authority. He began to teach Elijah to become a servant leader. He began to teach Elijah to stay focused in spite of the haters around you. He began to teach him to keep a pure heart because there are things in the journey that will jade your heart and you begin to lose perspective. He began to teach him at all costs, pursue God's presence. Seek first the kingdom of God. Then everything you need will be added. Seek the presence of God. He began to teach him how to move with the word. I'm telling you, there's a cadence of grace. 
There's a cadence that the word has. That's why Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That word proceedeth simply means ever forthcoming, the movement of the word of God. When a step is placed, you take it. When God speaks, you step out on it. Peter said, if you tell me to get out of the boat, I can walk on water because there is a rhythm to the word of God. He began to teach Elijah how to move with the rhythm of the word. Every moment he would move, he would say, at thy word will I go. I'll leave the brook by your word. I'll exit Zarephath by your word. I'll go to Carmel by your word. When he stepped up at Carmel, he said, Father, I have only come here by your word. So I'm expecting your word to work. I'm believing your word is going to work. I believe that your word has all the power. Jesus said, continue in my word. And if you continue in my word, you will begin to produce fruit and they will know you are my disciples. Why? The word will mark you and the word will lead you and the word will guide you and the word will release you into your purpose and your destiny. He began to teach him how to move with the word. But I'll tell you, he also taught him how to activate the kingdom of God in the earth. And I believe that is what God is teaching the body of Christ once again to rise up and activate his kingdom, to activate the kingdom in the marketplace, to activate the kingdom in the neighborhood, to activate the kingdom in our altars at the house of God, to rise up and be the church once again, to rise up and say, God is building a church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Come on, give him praise if you believe that. Elijah said, I hear something. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. The servant looked around and he saw nothing. He heard nothing, but he had not been where Elijah had been. Many times the people around you are not hearing what you are hearing because they've not been where you've been. Pastor Allen will hear things. Apostle Allen will hear things you do not hear because you've not walked where he's walked. You do not have the depth of the word that he has. He began to hear things that no one else was hearing. He said, I've learned to hear the voice of God in the place of never enough. I begin to learn the voice of God in the place of just enough. I begin to fine tune the word of God in the season of more than enough. And now he finds that he is hearing something. I thought it was peculiar that he dropped 12 barrels of water on the ground. And all of a sudden he begins to hear abundance of water. And what you sow, you will reap. And what you give will come back to you. He said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. The servant looked around, saw nothing. He heard nothing. Went to the television. The weatherman said, no rain is in the forecast. It's not rained in three and a half years. Everything is dry, but Elijah does something. He said, go and tell me what you see at the mountain. Go look towards the sea and come back. He runs back and said, there is nothing. And here's what Elijah does. He said, you go back seven times. And as he sent the servant, the Bible said Elijah went back to the top of Carmel. Sometimes you have to go back to the place God showed up in the last season so you can believe for a next season. Sometimes you have to go back and say, it was right there where God saved me. It was in that moment where God delivered me. It was at that place right there that he set me up. That's the season where breakthrough came. That's where he healed my children. That's where he called us out. That was the place that he marked us. And he went back 
back to the top of Carmel and the Bible said he fell on Carmel and he began to pray and the Bible said he looked at the servant and said you go seven times. Seven represents completeness. What he was saying was you go to the mountain till you have a good rapport. Don't stop until you find something. Don't stop until you see the hand of God at work. He went once, nothing, twice, nothing, three, four, five, six, nothing. But the seventh time he came back and Elijah said was there anything out there? He said well there wasn't much. It was no rain I saw falling yet but there was a cloud rising out of the sea and it was about the size of a man's hand he said oh you better get your chariot ready or you'll get stuck in the mud what are you talking about there's no raindrops that are falling oh I've seen that hand before that's the hand that sent the ravens that's the hand that replenished the mill barrel that's the hand that opened the windows of heaven and released fire in the earth I'm telling you the hand is rising once again the hand is rising once again the hand of authority the hand of anointing the hand of breakthrough the hand of deliverance come on put your hands together and give him praise here's what he said he said prepare your chariot or you'll get stuck in the mud i'm telling you there there are some that are looking but there are others stuck there are some that are ready but others that will get bogged down it was not long ago that I was invited on a trip, actually by the White House. It was when President Donald Trump was in office. And really, it's not a political message. It doesn't matter to me if it's a Republican or a Democrat. That's our two parties in the United States. Proximity is everything. You cannot make change unless you're present. And I was part of this global council that they had put together for the White House. And I was invited on a trip. And it was really a trip of the kind of the who's who of preachers in America. Pastor Jensen Franklin, Samuel Rodriguez, Franklin Graham, Rod Parsley, Kenneth Copeland. The names just went on and on. I think they had one spot left nobody else wanted. And they said, invite that guy in Tampa. I'd been before to the White House. But when I got the invitation, I felt like it was a kingdom moment. Again, don't get caught up in looking for a season and miss your moment. I really felt there was a kingdom moment, so I accepted the invitation. I went through the secret service clearance once again. I booked my ticket and you know, had my bags packed. I was ready to go on this trip to a small town in Texas is where we were meeting at. And uh, the day came for me to go on the trip and I get to the airport and just like you hear now, a storm moved in. Lightning was falling and they grounded all the planes. We were waiting, and finally about an hour into the wait, I thought, will I make my connecting flight? So finally, I got my app out, and I realized that my connecting flight was scheduled to leave in just a few minutes. I looked, there were no other flights to this small town, no other way to get there. So I, I get up, and I go over to the gate agent. I'm gonna tell the lady at the gate that I'm not going to go on the flight. And before I could say anything, Pastor Josh, she says, Pastor. Now, I didn't know her, but I did not want her to know that. So I said, Sister. She said, Pastor, you don't know me. I've only been coming to the church a short time. But she said, let me tell you, the atmosphere of the house is changing the atmosphere of our house. She said, our children are coming into alignment with their purpose our marriage is being restored and renewed. She said, matter of fact, the last series on faith where you 
taught on declaration. It unlocks something else. We've been declaring over our family, over our finances, over our future. And God is miraculously working around us and in us and even through us. Matter of fact, I've been praying with coworkers. She said, I've never prayed with people. She said, I've even been praying over passengers. They just don't know it. They get on the plane and the Holy Spirit says, pray over them. And I just pray over them. I said, oh, that's awesome. I said, what's your name? She said, Jackie. I said, Jackie, thank you for sharing that. That's encouraged me today. She said, pastor, what can I do for you? I said, well, I'm going on this trip with this group of pastors, but I'm going to miss my flight because of the delay and there's no other flights. I think I'm just going to stay in Tampa. I've been stuck in an airport before. She said, oh, pastor, you're going to make that flight. Now I'm thinking Jackie's going to get on the computer and find another route. I said, Jackie, is there another flight I can take? She said, I'm not sure. I'm going to pray you make it. Well, I want to look like the man of faith and power. I'm like, Jackie, that is awesome. I said, Jackie, that is so good. I go sit back down. I'm, I'm believing, but my unbelief. I said, Jackie, that is awesome. I look and the clock is ticking. Finally get on the plane. Finally, after sitting at the plane 10 minutes, I pushed the button, the flight attendant comes over and I said, um, I'm gonna grab my stuff, get off the plane. I'm gonna miss my connecting flight. And he said this, he said, grab your stuff, I'm closing the door. Sometimes we move too quickly. And something in me said, stay. I said, I think I'll stay. He comes over, Pastor Josh, in about five minutes and he said this. He said, Mr. Stewart, you're going to be all right. I said, are you sure? He said, I'm positive. I said, how can you be positive? He said, because the pilot of this plane is the pilot of your next plane. He said, that plane cannot take off until we arrive. I'll tell you what happens. We landed in Houston. I didn't even get off the plane with everybody else. Me and the pilot walked down a ramp. They drove us to the next plane. I was on the plane before anybody else. I was sitting there and Pastor Jensen Franklin walked in. He said, Tony, I didn't see you out. I didn't even say anything. I'll tell you what happened. I was walking through a season of transition. I was in the T in the O. I was moving from one season to the next and there was a battle not around me. The church was doing great. The family was doing great, but it was a battle right here. Most of the things that take us out are not really around us anyway. They start right here. But right there on that runway, the Holy Spirit said this. He said, Tony, I'm not only flying this leg of the journey, but I've got the next season. And he said, it cannot take off until you're on board. I've come to tell somebody today, whether you're in a season of never enough, you're in a season of just enough, or you're in a season of more than enough, God's got this season. And there is an abundance of rain on the way. God's about to release a supernatural harvest. As a matter of fact, I can hear the rain right now. I can hear it in the the atmosphere. It's about to hit your family. It's about to hit your business. It's about to hit your finances. A dry season is coming to an end. The drought is over. The famine has been broken. Come on, if you believe that, jump to your feet today. Put your hands together. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Come on, somebody declare a yes and an amen. A yes and an amen. Look at your neighbor, say rain's on the way. Look at your other neighbor, your second choice. Say, rain's on the way. Come on, if you believe that, throw your hands in the air. I'm going to pray over you today. Father, I sent your spirit in this room. 
I sent you activating right now callings and destiny. Crooked places are beginning to become straight. Vision is becoming clear. And purpose is stirring and gifts are activating. And Father, I pray over this beautiful congregation, our campuses today, those that would watch on stream. And I declare over them that there is rain in the atmosphere. A harvest is in the atmosphere. Prosperity is in the atmosphere. I declare drought is over. The famine has been broken. Lack is coming to an end. And there is an outpouring of grace. There is an outpouring of mercy. There is an outpouring of anointing. There's an outpouring of authority. And Father, there is a reign of favor that is being released over this house and over every house connected to this house. So Father, we rise with the promise that has been stamped with a yes and an amen. And our declaration is send the rain, send the rain, send the rain, the former rain and the latter rain. Father, we declare rain is in the atmosphere. Breakthrough is in the atmosphere. Promise is in the atmosphere atmosphere father and we declare father a harvest has been released if you believe that put your hands together we say yes and amen in the mighty name of Jesus come on open your mouth and give him a thank you for it today give him a thank you for it today give him a thank you for it today God bless you